Welcome to the Welding Business Owners Podcast, where our podcasts are late, but our bids are on time. I'm your host, Kevin, with JMW Fabrication. Today, we've got the third and final episode with Chris Rabick. If you haven't listened to episodes one and two, go back and check them out now. We cover the racing school that he's starting for people with mobility challenges, what it's like to start and run a welding fab business, all while being in a wheelchair. If you guys want to follow along with the stuff that he's doing, you can find him on Instagram, crabick713. That's C-R-A-B-I-K-713 on Instagram. You can find us at Welding Business Owners Podcast. You can find me at JMW Fabrication. Be sure to go on and check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. We've got some exclusive content out there that you guys haven't heard on the podcast yet. So go over there, like, subscribe, really helps us out. So without any further ado, here's the third and final episode. I wish more people thought like that. Yeah. I, I, but I, like, again, can't force people to do things. And, mm-hmm. and so, I'm sure you've gotten people that are just amazed at what you can do. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, that was fucking easy. Yeah. That, okay. That's, it's, it's, that's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that I big a deal. Can't believe how you did that. It's like, oh, I turned the shop lights on and I did the thing. And yeah, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you could do it too. <laughs> Talk to me about this driving school. Like, wh- what are your your goals for this? Like, where do you see this in a couple of years? And like, what are your steps to build this into something? So my goal for the, for the school is, is quite simply just to provide an opportunity to people that don't normally get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, I always use the example, like if you want to go drive a Ferrari, you can go to a track for 300 bucks. You get a few laps in a Ferrari. None of those Ferraris have hand controls. None of the Lamborghinis do. None of the Porsches do. Uh, all, every driving school that I know of, minus a couple, they don't even have any hand-controlled student cars whatsoever. You, you can bring your car, but if, if, I, wanted, if I wanted to go drive a, like a sports car, even just a Corvette, and not, not demeaning a Corvette, that came out wrong. Because <laughs> uh, that's that's going to be one of my flagship cars is Corvettes. It's the most bang for your buck. It's, it'd be foolish not to get them. I don't have that ability to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if if you do have the money, if you don't have the money, it doesn't matter because the cars are just not set up. And I've tried to get other people to do it, other tracks to do it, and they just I don't I don't know why they won't do it. Or like I said, they're veteran based, and there's just a big barrier to entry. So when I built my car or all my cars, I just kind of hoped it'd work. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a really big risk and people don't really like taking risks, especially financial risk. I mean, I built an entire business around building a fucking race car. It is the <laughs> worst advice to give anybody ever, <laughs> ever, you know, why'd you start your business, build a race car? Because that's a good return on investment. Right. Right. So I put, now it worked out for me, but it, it was really hard to do that. It sacrificed a lot. And ultimately, physically, was kind of detrimental uh, over the long run. So I want to provide us an opportunity for people to not have to do all the hard shit that I had to do. I still want them to do hard shit because you got to do it. Like you still have to. It's not a free handout thing. It's just being able to provide, like if somebody comes out in a chair or an amputee or whatever, 
I'll be like, okay, well, there's a Corvette sitting over there and you get to drive that car today. Yeah. So they don't have to spend the years it takes to build one or go get one or whatever. And if they like it enough, one, a few, like a couple hundred bucks, a few laps in that car, they will change their entire life to own one. Mm -hmm. Cause that's exactly what I did. I, I loved rally cars that much. I changed my whole life to, to pursue that goal. And it's, it's done nothing but made my life better overall. But it could be a thing where a guy will get in that car and be scared shitless. And, but then they didn't have to spend thousands of dollars to find out they don't like it. So it's a very low cost barrier sure. entry just to get their feet wet. Now, if they like it and they want further training, it's just like every other school. It'll be like twelve, fourteen hundred dollars a day. Mm -hmm. uh, just like every other school. I, I don't, it's not a charity. It's not a handout. It's just providing something other people don't have. So the end, I mean, the end goal is it for me to it be my full-time business. Mm. And I would probably close the welding shop down for good. Now I just said that and I just completely lied because I'll never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, know better than that. <laughs> yeah. But I will, I will take on substantially less work. Okay. <laughs> and be, and be very picky. Like special projects only type of thing. Yeah. Like large sculpture or car builds and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, which you know how it is that you, some jobs are just bill money. You, mm -hmm. you have to take them to pay bills. Yeah. You, you don't want to do them. You hate doing them, but they either pay good or you got people to pay. You got to live. You got you to do it. I would love the, the racing school to just kind of support itself. And then I can go still do my metal work more on my time and energy and because I'm, I'm going come getting close to 40 i'll be 38 in march i've got three fused vertebrae and nerve damage i won't i can't weld forever yep uh not like i am now even mm. right now my neck is like on fire just uh it's annoying <laughs> not being able to to bend your neck properly yeah i bet in your shop what are some of the your favorite tools that you've got my blacksmithing hammers oh yeah yeah mostly i like looking at them <laughs> <laughs> hate using them <laughs> <laughs> just all my, all my hammers and like my anvil and all the stuff that i uh, do i do a little blacksmith work too and i just like everything's old my anvil's from like 1888 i think it's stamped the sweet mm. swedish anvil and I really like, I like the older tools. Uh, I I liked my, well, my pipeliner. I mean, I love that thing. Yeah. Um, but I actually sold it too. Did you? Yeah. I figured after the second neck fusion, there's no way I should be out there crawling in fields anymore. I'm just going to have another surgery. So it ended up going to the original owner's son who became a pipe fitter. Nice. And a pipeline welder. That's so, cool. He brought his dad out. His dad was pretty old and his dad was looking around. He's like, yeah, I rebuilt this engine in 1977 or some shit. <laughs> and uh, so then his son bought it from me. And right now it's up in North Dakota, well-known pipelines. That's cool. So full, I, full circle. I didn't even have it for sale. He came up to me at a 4th of July car show and like, are you that welder dude? 
I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the one guy in a chair that welds around here, apparently. <laughs> and he's like, I think you have my dad's pipeliner. And I know I said, I think I have my pipeliner, not your dad's shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he showed me a picture of it in their barn. Yeah. And I just go, I was kind of kicking around selling it because I wasn't really using it. And one of those things, I guess it's just meant to. Yeah. I was just starting to think about selling it. And then the, the owner's kid shows up. And, uh, yep. He's like, man, I hated when my dad sold it, but I didn't want to be a welder then. Because he, <laughs> he was only like 14 or something. Okay. And uh, when his dad sold it, because he just, it just left from the farm. They didn't care anything about it. Then he went through welding school and everything. And he was, I think he was like 23 or 24. He apparently been looking for me for like a year, tracked me down. And <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but otherwise, it's just uh, the tools I use the most are my, my MIG. Mm-hmm. It, it's for me and the way uh, I physically have to do things. The MIG is the easiest process for me to do. Sure. Um, I've, I've TIGged some and I did a lot of stick welding on those fences, but MIG is just the easiest form yep. of, of uh, process for me. So that's kind of my go-to. It's funny. I feel like that's like everybody's go-to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's my go-to. My foreman's all, all about TIG welding. I'm like, oh, man, but the MIG is just, I mean, I don't know. I really like TIG welding too, but. Well, I've got some friends that are really good TIG welders. If I want something really, really nice looking, I just mm-hmm. give, it, I give it to them. <laughs> I, I pay them to do it <laughs> well they can do it faster and they can do it better and i'm a big believer and if somebody can do it better than you and you need to get something done for a job mm-hmm. put your pride away uh, to the side for a second and just hand it off get the job done move on to the next one yeah because you're going to end up fucking self up mm-hmm. <laughs> with your with your welding businesses and your welding career what if you were to do it all over again? What are some of the things that you would have changed? Uh, price my price structure, charge okay. way way more. Really, I didn't charge shit for years. Mm. I pretty much lost money for a couple of years because <laughs> uh, I wanted to give everybody a deal. I was the new guy in town type yeah. of thing, and uh, I didn't have a little uh, much confidence. So if I could change something, I would have started charging what I was worth earlier. Mm. Uh, otherwise, I'm really thrifty. Most of my equipment came from auctions and was used. I would fix it up or whatever. Uh, so I didn't spend, uh, other than my Bobcats, those things were fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> brand new Bobcats are not cheap. Back in the day, like so when I bought my Bobcat brand new, it was four $3,400. And I didn't think that was cheap. I thought that was expensive. Now, you know, fast forward eight years, you're you're double that now. You know, like oh, yeah. <laughs> now they're expensive. Back in the day, they were cheap. <laughs> oh yeah, but I was actually talking about like skid loader bobcat, like oh bobcat oh bobcat. oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But no, you're right with those too. The prices on everything is just yeah. You could buy a good mobile machine for. I bought my SA two hundred for eleven hundred dollars yeah you know sold it for four (laughs) you know (laughs) i told the guy i wasn't going to give it to him for what i paid for it yeah 
and at the time I just ran Lincoln. I had Lincoln MIGs, Lincoln everything. Yeah. But I switched over to Miller. No <laughs> offense to Lincoln. Love you to death. They've been great to me. Lincoln has been a very big partner in all my welding stuff. And the pipeliner was fantastic. Now, I, I'll, I'll fucking throw uh, thermodynamics under the bus, though. Their plasma cutters are junk. Uh, they're, not even a, they're not even a company anymore. Thermodynamics went out of business what, or changed owners five, six years ago. Yeah. I was too cheap to buy a hypertherm. And so my, it just, I bought, I have hypertherms now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just night and day. Uh, so I need, I should have been a little more cautious about, I, I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't a certified welder. I never went to school for welding. They wouldn't even let me in welding school. So I had no idea. I was just going off the opinions of others pretty much buying equipment and stuff. Yeah. So I learned some pretty hard lessons. I bought some shit that wasn't very good mm. and some stuff that was good. You know, just that's just stuff I learned over time, talking with other people and learn from a lot of mistakes. Hmm. But I can't stress this enough to people charge, charge more. Charge what you're worth, man. Charge what you're Don't worth. Don't undercut the, the market for the rest of us. No, because nobody cares that you're giving them a good deal. Mm-hmm. Even your friends don't really care that much. Like you got your few friends that know, you know. Sure. Uh, but just because you got to be careful. Some people want to be your friends just to get that deal. Yeah. And if you're just giving them stuff and you're not getting anything in return, you're not helping yourself at all. And and like in my case, when I had a couple big unplanned surgeries, would have been nice to have uh, had a little extra cushion. I wouldn't have had to sell sell most of my stuff and yeah if i would have charged properly i might not have ever sold that shop but then again i wouldn't be starting a racing school either so i don't know uh, <laughs> I, it, it kind of all works out <laughs> well it only works out if you make it work out yes i i've been told a hundred times like well see if if all that bad stuff didn't happen, you wouldn't have been doing this. I said, no, I would have figured out some other awesome thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's I, you, you make these things happen. So if something bad happens, you just got to change your plan. Yep. Got to shift and move on, shift and move on and keep, keep learning and keep building your skills. Even if it's not directly pertaining to your job, just learn everything you can. Cause if something bad does happen, you can't do that job anymore. You've got a whole nother skill set that you can, that's marketable. Fall back on, yeah. You know, especially right now, finding people, finding skilled labor is hard to do. How many so, guys did you have back when you had employees um, first time? Three was the most I ever had one summer. Okay. How did that work out for you? Hated it. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, they don't show up or they half-ass stuff or. I'll leave for a little bit and the whole shop's completely broken, you know, and <laughs> nobody knows how anything broke, you know, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I had one guy though, that was really, really good. And I had to lay him off just cause when I lost all those jobs with that metal, uh, trade war, mm. I was sad for him to go. He was really, really good help. And, um, he ended up going off doing other things. I tried to hire him back a year later, but, he already had a job that I was paying more than I could pay him. So I couldn't blame him for not coming back. Yeah. 
you know, but I had a lot of good friends and neighbors and plenty of people helped me out when I needed it. But I, I remember doing deliveries. I, I built these hay bale rings. They were not the cheap ones you get at tractor supply. They were solid three quarter inch sucker rod. Uh, they weighed about 400 pounds. Wow. And I used my skid steer to put them up on edge. And then I'd roll them to the Tommy gate on my old seven, three Ford. And I'd lift them up into the bed of the truck and kind of half-ass strap it down. And then I would, <laughs> I would make deliveries by myself at seven, eight o'clock at night, middle of the winter, it'd be nine degrees outside and I'm running to farms unloading <laughs> these, you know, this guy in a wheelchair, you know, <laughs> I couldn't always find people to go with me. Yeah. And I also didn't want to, I didn't want to burden anybody because this was my business that I started. This was my thing. So I tried not to call like my dad very much or for other friends, you know, afterwards they're like, well, you should have called. And I was like, well, I don't want to take advantage of people's help. So I would just do it on my own. <laughs> wow. Well, just get out there and get it done. Physically, probably not a brilliant idea to do all the time, but. I had bills to pay. Like, I, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't know what to do. It was deliver hay bell rings in the dark in seven, nine, eight, nine degree weather or, or not pay a bill. And, you know, but I also had the race car and equipment and I had a lot of bad habits that I needed to support. Sure. <laughs> so, so what are the next steps with your, uh, to get your racing school up and going? Uh, well, we just did some filming the other day. We had a drone pilot down there and me and one of my, my future lead instructor, uh, cause I'll be instructing. And then I got a friend that's like a really, really good rally driver. He's going to be one of the instructors too. Uh, so we got some filming done. There's rentable space down there as it is. I, I could actually host a class as early as June or July next year. Hmm. Uh, my goal is to build a building down there so I can store the cars because it's about an hour from my shop up here in Jackson. So I don't want to make a habit of moving things back and forth a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple guys that are interested in being students. So I'm going to use them kind of as guinea pigs and <laughs> to, to try to get a, a program lined out and kind of learn how to do this. There's some improvements we need to make to the airport. There's a few potholes that need to be fixed. But when you have miles of asphalt and we're talking a few potholes, it's not a big deal. And then we have to construct the entire rally road from scratch through the golf course. So that's, that'll probably take the majority of the summer. You, uh, so you have a skid steer and you have a mini excavator, don't you? Yeah. I sold both of them. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> they, right in time for you to need them, right? Well, yeah. Well, the mini was too mini for what I needed to do and it was just, expensive pretty neat little toy and then the skid steer just everything was too expensive and i just when i sold the shop and was i had to maintain a pretty low budget mm -hmm. for a while to get before i got back on my feet so but i've also learned that it's way cheaper to just rent stuff sure so like i had a really cool skid steer and it was awesome to have and it was awesome that it was there every day but i was also lifting conveyors and all this heavy shit every day uh for something like the school i'll need one you know a dozen times a year mm -hmm. and a dozen rentals is cheaper than a year's worth of payments 
Heck yeah. And then you don't have to fix broken things. And so it just makes financial sense since I'm not making money off using it like my old one did Mm -hmm. just to rent. And then I can always have new, new, like the new ones. Heck yeah. The AC (laughs) and satellite radio. Yeah, all the backup cameras now they got on the yeah the new R series. A Bobcat's got the big screen on the on the side, and so next year is construction of of the Malden property, and try to get it going and do a couple little testing things with some students. So I, I think I'd like to have a paying student at some point mm-hmm. next year, but it's such a large. It's large undertaking. I mean, starting a racing school is yeah, kind of a whole world of unknowns. And then to do it with for people that are in chairs, because a lot of the hand controls will have to be adapted mm-hmm. when they get there, depending on their abilities. And there's a lot to it. Yeah. And I'm not 100% confident I can pull it off, but <laughs> I have a place to do it and I have permission to do it. And those are the two hardest things to find. True. So I've got some investors that are interested. Uh, I've got some car dealerships that are willing to sell me cars at dealer cost. Wow. For uh, We're talking like Corvettes and stuff Ooh. to uh, for, for uh, school cars. Sure. So now <laughs> quote unquote I'm, school cars. Well, you know, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to have to keep my training up to date, too. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at like maybe Ozark International or Virginia International, or, you, know, <laughs> you know, I've uh, I need to keep my credit. Well, I will be getting a uh, a driving and professional driving instructor's license through NASA National Autosport Association. Nice. So I'm going to be a legitimate licensed professional instructor. Very cool. And I need to get all that stuff taken care of next summer, so I can start the school with some legitimacy. Yeah. Because right now it's like, who the fuck's that crippled dude out doing out there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, who's this guy? Isn't he a welder? Why? Why is he here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, I, and I, there's a lot of learning that I need to do too mm-hmm. uh, to be able to instruct. So that's that's kind of the plan: build things, get more credentials, work in the shop, keep building stuff, mm-hmm. and eventually. I want to live down there by the airport to where I'll, I'll watch planes land every day. That's where I want to eventually end up. That's awesome. Sounds relaxing anyway. I, yeah. I, I mean, I like planes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I kind of got back into welding out of, uh, out of necessity, but I also just missed the hell out of it. Yeah. You know, I, I like making people happy by being able to build anything that, they would want it was there's something enjoyable about it i guess especially with the ornamental stuff so nobody's asked me to build stairs yet though we'll see (laughs) i think that's one of those taboo things like do we ask them to build a set of stairs for us I would though. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. why not? I'll crawl up. <laughs> I'm not gonna test them out, but <laughs> golly. Shit. No, so yeah, my life has been uh I don't know. There, there's so much more to it than even that. It's just kind of that's just a brief 
snapshot of yeah. kind of what's what's happened after high school. And I don't want people to think that doing all this from a chair is easy. Mm-hmm. Or I, I know I, I sometimes can make it look easy, but it's not fucking easy. It is really, really hard. So I don't want people to to, to see another guy in a chair and go, well, why Chris is doing all this stuff. Why aren't you doing it? Because it's really freaking hard. Like it's yeah. just being in a chair and not doing much is hard. It's mm-hmm. a very hard position to be in. It's hard physically. I just don't want people to get the wrong idea that like everybody in chairs should be out there just crushing it. Do I think more can help? Yeah. Yeah. I think there needs to be some more motivation in the disabled community, but we're also not expected to do anything. And some people just take that for face value and then they mm. just don't do anything. Yeah. And, but it's, it's not a fun life. It's not an enjoyable life, but it's the only life I have. So, well, I think what really got me was that like, you didn't let it hold you down at all. You didn't use it as a crutch and you didn't use it as a, as a springboard of like, look at me. It, you, you just got out there and you got shit done. Yep. And you, you know, you posted it just like, like, like anybody else. And I was like, wow, that is freaking like, he's not using this as something of like, Oh, poor me. Or it's not like, hey, look at me. I'm doing all this great stuff because, you know, I'm in a wheelchair and, you know, life is great. It's like, no, I'm just out here and getting shit done. Like, hey, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Chris Rabick and, you know, like, here's some pictures of my, uh, of my stuff. And yeah. I was like, that's freaking cool, you know? Yeah, I just um, want to just be like, look at this cool thing I made. I like it. It's cool, isn't it? You know, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll have friends even go, man, that's pretty. So I'll, I'll do something and and they're like, man, it's really cool that you do all that, all that, even though you're in a chair. And I'm like, we don't need to add that extra shit. Yeah, on yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, first of all, I'm doing way more than you, motherfucker. So the chair ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. And it's not like a competition. I just I want to be respected for what I from what my skills are. Mm-hmm. And. What you do and, how, and, and, and who you are and how you do it. Oh yeah. I've had a lot of customers like go to my, come to my shop and meet me and ask where I was. <laughs> they would look <laughs> at me and I said, where's Chris at? <laughs> no, 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 no. The guy that does this stuff. I'm like, oh, right here. <laughs> and then their face just drops. <laughs> but like, seriously, I'm like, I'm not full of holes for nothing right now. <laughs> you know, you know how our shirts are and shit. Yeah. Like I'm just not watching somebody else weld and get burned. <laughs> Doing it all myself. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You know? But I, so there's all kinds of things that people say things all the time that irritate the shit out of me. But like I said, I don't want people to pigeonhole me in that little because it does it takes the value away from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It means like you're doing the best you can for your situation. No, I want to do the best I fucking can. Yeah. You know, the situations are relevant. Now, my, my school is for people that are in this situation, just giving them an opportunity. But it's not like a big therapy session or any of that bullshit. I'm, <laughs> fuck all that. 
<laughs> this ain't a pity party. Get out there no. and drive. <laughs> no, get out there. And if you suck, we're going to tell, tell you. Tell you to suck. suck. <laughs> yeah. Because when you're better, you have way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just like riding quads and dirt bikes. The better you are at it, the more fun it is. Yeah, exactly. So I uh so I just want to, I want to show people in chairs what they really can do because I can't ignore the fact that I'm in this chair and people need to know that I am because maybe they can get some value out of it. Mm -hmm. I just want to be respected for what I can build and what I do. And the chair is just kind of a side note with everybody yeah. else. Exactly. So, and we need more people in the trades flat, flat out. We need more people in the trades. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it's horrible. I don't know what we're gonna do twenty years from now. We'll figure it out then. <laughs> no, no, we'll, no. We'll still be working as well. Yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> we'll be the last of the dying breed. Yep. Before Elon Musk and all the robots take over all the shit. <laughs> At that point, I'll probably welcome the robots. I'll be like, yeah, I'm tired of this. I'm Just tired. <laughs> let it take over. <laughs> right on. <laughs> oh shit. Well, awesome, Chris. I appreciate yeah. you coming on here, man. Is there anything else you want to put out there? No, I've, well, if you got everything you need, and yeah, we've had it for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I appreciate you letting me talk more long format because a lot of the other ones they do like these twenty minute podcasts, and you can't get enough out. Like my my story is pretty complicated, and we could still talk five more hours about it. And so people need to kind of understand. Like what happened, why it happened, and why I do what I do now. And mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, I want to be valuable like everybody else. I want to be productive like everybody else and drive race cars. Well, I, th oh. I think you are a man. <laughs> I think you got a lot of value to add to a lot of people. And um, yeah, I appreciate your time, man. This has been a lot of fun. Where can everybody find you at? Uh, on Instagram, it's. Uh, Krabik 713 C-R-A-B-I-K 713 and then on TikTok it's my last name backwards K-A-B-A-R-H uh, 86 uh, uh, Apple Creek Metalworks on Facebook but I don't really put anything new I don't really like Facebook so yeah. I don't do much on Facebook mostly it's Instagram nice so and our promo video for the school should be should be done in a couple weeks Shoot that over to me, man. I want to see that. Absolutely. It was a, it was a fun day. <laughs> I'll share it. I'll share the heck out of that thing. Hell yeah. Appreciate sure. it. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, buddy. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon, man. You bet. Thank you. See ya. Well, that's it for the third and final episode with Chris Rabick. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of that. I specifically chose him because coming up in the new year, a lot of people making resolutions to go out on their own, change something in their business. And we always rely on the, our own self-talk and things that go wrong. And we always have excuses. And I want to bring Chris on because he's such an inspiration. I tell you, there's a lot of guys out there who have it easier in business than Chris does. But you know what? He goes out there and kills it and then starts all over again and kills it again. So he's out there getting it done, not letting any excuse stop him. So I hope this really helped you guys out. I'm over with my pep talk. Head on over to Instagram. Give him a like. Send him a message. He's a really friendly guy. I think you guys will like him a lot. You can find him at crabik, C-R-A-B-I-K-173. 
You can find us at Welding Business on the podcast. Check out the new YouTube, youtube.com slash Welding Business Owners Podcast. Find me at JMW Fabrication. Until next time, get out there, get it done, and get it invoiced.